Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tonight, not all financial advisors are created equal. So how you can wade through all the different types and figure out which one works for you. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. I don't know, you might think a financial advisor is a financial advisor, but there's actually, according to the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority's website, so FINRA, there's a total of 235 <laughs> 235, yes, different credentials that financial advisors can have, can use. Just a little confusing. Uh, You you think? I I mean, you walk (laughs) into a doctor's office and, you know, somewhere there's a real, you know, fancy certificate that says MD. You know, you walk in a dentist's office and this is where it gets confusing. He can either be a DDS or a DMD. Yeah, You know, there are a couple of different options, probably not 235. And we've got 235. So, you know, let's wade through that a little bit. I I, I think, you know, some may be a little bit more meaningful than others. Um, I happen to be a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. That's kind of like a CPA is for accountants. This is for our business. I, I know I went through like a year and a half of study, and this is well into my career. Uh, and uh, back in the day, it was a two-day exam. I think they've cut it back to one day. But when I took it, it was definitely over two days, and it was brutal. Anybody who's a certified financial planner, you know they've gone through some pretty stringent testing as well as ongoing uh, uh, continuing education. Um, but they're not all like that. Well, and I want to I want to touch a little bit more on the CFP too because yeah. it is a very holistic approach to yeah. helping someone with financial planning. And I think CFPs in the in the term financial planning often go hand in hand. There is one course on tax planning, right? One on investments, one on insurance. So you are literally like knee deep in all of these topics, figuring out how it all works together. It is not easy to get this, and as part of taking this test, passing this test, getting this designation, you are a fiduciary. You are legally bound whenever you are working with a client uh, to put their best interests before your own. And and I think that, duh, that makes common sense because you hope that that's what your doctor is doing when they're telling you, right, that you need to get an MRI or you need to take this kind of medicine, but not so in this industry. I think that makes it very confusing. Someone could be trying to sell you a product and that product would be eh, just fine. It, it could work for you, right? Yeah. But also, they're making a ton of money and a commission off of that product. That is not a fiduciary. That is not in your best interest, likely. And that's kind of the difference here. And I think it's important to kind of start there. And you don't have to work with the CFP, but I think it's important to understand what that designation is and what they are required to do for you because they have it. 
Yeah, and, and there are some other designations that, that really, to me, mean a lot and uh, very difficult to obtain, very difficult to keep. And at least when you see these letters, you know that the person in front of you, he's gone, he's gone through a lot to get that designation. Another, another one like CFP is CHFC, yes. uh, Chartered Financial Consultant, very similar to uh, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, I hold that in very high regard also. How about CFA, Certified Financial Anal- Analyst? Our own Andy Stout, uh, who, you know, handles billions of dollars uh, in managing investments from right here in Cincinnati. Um, he's a certified financial analyst. That, I'm pretty sure he's got probably like 85 designations. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and this <laughs> one's a guy. big one. Yeah, this one is testing over three or four years to, to obtain a CFA. They're the people who run the mutual funds. They're the really smart people as far as I'm concerned. But these are the good designations. But, you know, some of these others, you can get some of these designations nations by just going to a seminar over a weekend and put letters behind your name you know is is that an important one does that help you well, and some of it is not about the designation. It's about what someone calls themselves, right? And yeah. what does that mean? And how are they allowed to call themselves that? And a very generic term is an investment advisor. Um, now, it's a legal term also used by the SEC, right? The Securities and Exchange Commission um, saying, hey, you must be registered. But a lot of people use this as a job title. And, and it can be used by um, an investment advisor. It could be someone that sells products. It could be someone who, who doesn't, that helps manage your investments and helps, you know, take some more holistic approach. Uh, but this is kind of a generic one. So I think if you are meeting with someone who's an investment advisor, just ask some more questions. It's okay to ask. I, I, yes. I mean, yeah, you might say, well, you know, this makes me feel uncomfortable and questioning their credibility. <laughs> You're talking about investing a portion, if not all of your life savings with somebody. I think you should know who you're dealing with. It's it's pretty important, don't you think? And, and why is it that particularly with money, people yeah. feel weird about asking questions? Yeah. If you were seeing a doctor, like I remember when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I, I mean, I would literally go to these appointments and and what have you studied and what, you know, what sort of, you know, do you know about yeah. and, and, and where did you go and, and all of these things. I had no hesitation asking those questions. But often when people are talking about money, which is also a very, very important subject and something you've worked really hard to accrue through the years, people are more shy about asking, well, how do you get paid? And what right. does your relationship with the client look like? These are questions you should not shy away from because everyone will answer them differently. And none of them are necessarily bad answers. But the question that you need to ask yourself is, what am I looking for? What do I need out of that relationship? And when Steve Sprovac hands me this business card across the desk, do not be afraid to say, what does CFP mean? What does that mean to me? How is our relationship going to look like? Because this is what you are. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC. I'm Steve Sprovac, along with Amy Wagner, and we're talking about those letters after the name of the investment advisor you're sitting down with and what do they mean. Amy, I think my favorite, and I literally saw this, my favorite business card I ever saw had the guy's name and underneath it, it said financial engineer. That's not a designation. That's not something you pass a test to obtain. That's like a garbage man saying, I'm a sanitation engineer. Okay, I'm not belittling your abilities, but does it mean you know what you're talking about as an investment advisor? I I would be a little skeptical skeptical of somebody calling themselves a financial engineer. Another new one that I just heard of recently, a financial therapist. Now, I, I think it's a great term, and I think that most 
good financial planners that you're working with actually you probably need therapists. There is a component. Well, no, but there's a component. I, maybe you do need a therapist, but for different reasons, Steve. But also, a lot of what we do when we're meeting with people is a little bit of therapy, a little behavioral therapy. Yes, markets are down. Yes, you just checked your 401k balance, and you might not be so comfortable with you know how much you've lost. But let's not pull that money out of the market, right? A lot of there's handholding in therapy and helping you manage feelings. And I, I do get that that therapist aspect of thing, but someone calling themselves a financial therapist, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I, I'm with you 100%. And again, we were talking about this earlier. It's okay to ask questions. I, I've, I have a cardiologist, which is something I never thought I'd have to say, but I do. And English was obviously a second language to him. Nice guy. But, you know, I, I did not feel uncomfortable saying, so, you know, tell me about yourself. Where'd you go to school? Hey, and I could have Googled this, and I did afterwards, you know. Um, where'd you go to school? Well, he grew up in Peru and, and went to, I don't know if it's a great medical school or not, but he trained at Christ Hospital, and which, you know, to me is one of the best hospitals yeah. in Cincinnati. And, 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 you know, he's been a cardiologist for years and years. Okay, I felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. I, I felt comfortable, whereas if I never asked him, I would have always had questions in the back of my mind. Your money is no different you know yeah. you've got to pay attention to who is managing your money and with the internet today there are a ton of sources to obtain that information some people call themselves financial coaches nothing wrong with someone calling themselves that and I think most of the time they're more kind of beginner friendly financial professionals right they're helping you understand financial literacy maybe you've gotten yourself into debt and they're helping you figure out and, and they're really kind of coaching you and they've often got some some buzzwords and yeah. some phrases and some ways that you can um, easily understand finances. This is a great place. If you grew up in a home where no one's talking about money, you didn't have any financial literacy classes when you were in high school or college, maybe a financial coach is a great place for you to start to even figure out where am I right? What does my financial landscape even look like? How can I get into better shape? Not a bad thing at all, but very different from maybe an ongoing financial planning relationship and you, what that you, looks like. You know who you're not going to get any answers from if you ask them a question? Robo-advisors. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that that's a trend in the industry, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to... to you know, talk about or, or to even potentially use. But a robo-advisor is basically a, a computerized algorithm at some company that's going to manage your money or hopes to invest your money, and, and they're going to charge you a lot less in fees because you, you're not paying for an advisor. You're not paying for personalized advice. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're probably going to put price as the number one constraint on whether or not you want to hire a group or not. And a robo-advisor is just, you know, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. There may be no designations behind the name because there is nobody that's actually physically talking to you in most cases other than just executing whatever your uh, your requests are. They're not actual people. And, you know, I... I I don't consider them a threat because I, and a lot of people in my industry do, but that's because what I provide is personal advice and, and you know, I take a lot of pride in, in my knowledge and experience. And if you don't need that or want that, maybe a robo-advisor is for you because you, you don't want to pay extra for somebody like me. But for, you know, most people that need that personal touch, um, if they go to a robo-advisor just to save a couple of bucks, I'm not sure they're going to get what they hope.
You know what I like in robo-advisors, too, is, is target that? date funds. Right, This is an option probably within your yeah. 401k, and it's kind of a one-size-fits-all. Uh, you know, if you're going to retire in 2035, will you put it in that fund? And it, it gets a little more um, conservative as it goes through the years. Fine, maybe if you're in your 20s and you don't understand how you should be investing properly and things like that. But when your money becomes real money and you're starting to talk about and think about retirement a little more, there's a lot more nuances that are part of this, right? And so it's kind of like that with robo-advisors. If you're in your early 20s, you want to make sure, hey, I'm just going to put some money in and this algorithm is going to run. I'm going to figure out if I'm in good shape and on the right path. That's fine. But when it becomes real money that you're investing and you're getting closer to retirement, probably not the best thing. Yeah, the takeaway is if you see some letters next to your potential investment advisor's name on their business card, Google those letters. That'll tell you exactly what that designation means. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Here's the all-worth advice. If you're looking for someone who can take a holistic approach to your financial life, look at your goals, dreams, maybe serve as a therapist when needed, and is legally bound to serve in your best interest, certified financial planner might be the way to go. The key here is understanding what it is and figuring out what's the best fit for you. Coming up next, the price of OJ, astronomical right now, what you need to know before you pour that next mimosa. And can you invest in a 401k, Roth 401k and Roth? IRA all at the same time? We're tackling that question. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. If you can't listen to our show every night, we've got a daily podcast for you. You can listen to it whenever you'd like and also share it with friends. Just search Simply Money. It's on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up at 643, what to do when you've inherited a large sum of money? What you need to think through first. Coming up next, breakfast is starting to get more and more expensive on a number of levels, we're talking eggs, but also OJ here. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I actually went shopping with Ann the other day, which I'm I not normally allowed. you were banned allowed, from grocery I, I'm not stores. not normally allowed to do. Well, I, <laughs> For overspending I'm, on stuff I, that you don't need, that your cardiologist would say you absolutely should not have. Words can hurt, Amy. I'm sorry. Come on now. Come Truth on hurts. Now. Well, she she was with me, and 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 so you know, she was I holding your safe. hands. I was I was in a safe zone. Okay. okay. But I I was shocked. I mean, it's not that I keep up on prices that much and clip coupons, but you know, we we had to grab some eggs, and a dozen eggs was over five dollars a dozen. Now, to anybody listening that does regular shopping, you know, it's like, yeah, that's the way it's been lately, yeah. Steve. But to me, it's like last time I uh, grabbed a, a dozen eggs, I think they were like a buck seventy nine or something like that. What's going on? And it's it's not just eggs anymore. Yes. No, it's not. A gallon of not from concentrate orange juice, right? So not the frozen kind, but the actual gallon of it is now selling for as high as 10 dollars a gallon yeah. this is why when i drink a mimosa i really <laughs> just pour champagne in and like a little like drop of orange juice see yeah. i'm just i'm just saving money that's why i do that but there's you a reason actually and, and by one you mean a dozen but go, go ahead yes go ahead. exactly florida orange growers growers are actually harvesting their smallest crop in 90 years right now so there's a shortage of oranges and the oranges that are being harvested smaller so it's taking more and what do we we've had two hurricanes we've had yeah, citrus they got disease, this year. yeah. A, an ill-time freeze it was just kind of like worst case scenario perfect storm for 
orange juice. Well, same, same thing with eggs. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I Googled it as soon as we got back from the supermarket and, oh, okay, there's some kind of avian flu that's just decimating, you know, chickens. So yeah, they'll take care of themselves. You know, next year's crop, I'm sure, will be a little bit more normal. Uh, eggs will be back on track when the next I generation hope so. of chickens. Whatever. I'm not a farmer, but, you know, it, yeah, it's just crazy right now how much stuff is costing at the grocery. Well, and I'm a big fan of breakfast. I know there's a lot of people that skip breakfast. I need breakfast to get going yeah. every day. And so it's really stinky that it is costing so much for all these sort of breakfast staples. Um, also, on the lines of spending money, do you have your Bengals gear Hoo ready? Day. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, Bengals fans are snapping up jerseys at a faster pace even than last year when we were in the playoffs. Uh, this I love to talk about. Well, you know, last year was like, wow, this is crazy. We haven't been in the playoffs for, for decades. And wow, they're getting It was lucky. like, who dissed? Yeah. Who dissed today? Yes. How did they pull this game out? And did you see how they won that last game? And it's like, wow, how long could this last? And the answer was right up until the Super Bowl. Now this year, everybody's like, you know what? They're a really good team. This wasn't a fluke last year. And people are buying Bengals gear left and right. Sales, sales are up like 20% on Bengals gear already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, in fact, just this month in January, 60% more in the team's pro shop. And there's about 20 other locations in the stadium on game day. So for those who are going to the games or going to the stadium, uh, sales are way up. And I think it's to your point, hey, last year, and listen, it's just a level set here after so many years of just bungling bangles and right oh, all we're cincinnatians we're used to being disappointed we were you know? afraid to believe we were afraid <laughs> yeah. to believe and so it was like oh yeah. i'm not going out and buying new bangles gear because i still have this shirt that i bought in 1995 and they're just not winning anyway so <laughs> who cares and then all of a sudden you know last season it was like wait a minute wait yeah. a minute and then we started this season off to kind of a rough start, you know, and it yeah. was like, oh, that was a fluke. And now we're starting to see it's not a fluke. And, you know, these, if you want a jersey or a hoodie or whatever, they're not cheap. And so I think people are finally saying, okay, I'll make that investment in this team now. Yeah, but but you know what? Uh, we're still not getting any respect from the NFL. The NFL went ahead and said, okay, Kansas City, go ahead and start selling your playoff tickets. They didn't say that to Cincinnati. Yes. They're, they're, the NFL has not said, go ahead and start printing tickets they don't think we're going any further which i think that's going to add some gasoline to that fire this snub Sunday. us all you want yeah. nfl we will come back every time i i truly do believe in this team every sunday you're going to find our all worth advice column in the cincinnati Enquirer. this is what you this is required reading before the game right we don't expect you to read this during the game in <laughs> fact we've got a sneak preview right here the first question tonight is from jordan in springdale my dad is 71 and he seems to be the target of irs scammers he's gotten some some sketchy phone calls and emails lately. Is there anything he can do or maybe I can do for him to protect him from this kind of stuff? Well, it's good Jordan's looking out for his dad, yes. you know, isn't yes. that key? You know, so just because your dad is a target and, and I don't know how people become targets, but the, the, the bad guys are getting better and better at this stuff. Just because he's a target doesn't mean he has to be a victim. And, and right now, this is this is when IRS scammers are they're They're just all out there because everybody's thinking about getting their taxes done. Hey, if you're getting a text or an email from uh, somebody who says they're from the IRS, they're not. The IRS first contact is always going to be a letter. 
Might not be a letter you want to see, yes. but it's certainly not going to be a text. So, yeah, just rule anything out if you get it by phone, by text, uh, by email. Just say, oh, absolutely a scam. And by the way, they are they want to know about this. There is a website at the IRS where you can report these things. It's phishing with a PH. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, phishing at irs.gov. Report these scams when and definitely don't click on links. Don't do anything if it's a contact that you, you think is from the IRS, but it's not a letter, it's not from the IRS. And spread the word right to other members of your family so that they don't Good become yeah. victims of this. Next question is from Tom in Fort Mitchell. Can I contribute to a 401k, Roth 401k, and Roth IRA all at the same time? Sure, go after it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that question. Actually, with a little caveat, um, yes. because um, I, if if it's a Roth IRA, there's going to be some income limits, and and if you're single and have a really good job, maybe with a year end bonus, you get above 138 thousand adjusted gross, you may not be able to put money in a Roth. That's caught more than a couple of people. That's a Roth IRA. There are income limits. If it's a Roth 401k. No, knock yourself out. A regular 401k, knock yourself out. There are no income limits on 401ks. There are just contribution limits, and that's like 22.5 or something like that, plus uh, some catch-up provisions if you're over 50. Coming up next, ways to turn your bathroom into a more useful space while increasing its value at the same time. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. Maybe you were thinking about buying a new house, but now mortgage rates have kind of maybe scared you out of the market. We said stay put for just a couple more years. And you're looking at what renovations you can do to your home. Joining us tonight, of course, our real estate expert, Michelle Sloan, owner of Remax Time, as well as has her own real estate show right here on 55KRC. Um, joining us with one of the maybe best places to put money. I think um, mm -hmm. kitchens and bathrooms are always at the top of everyone's list. 100%. And the primary bathroom is the place where if you invest money in the primary bathroom, you are likely to get most of it back. You know, when you do an update, it's never 100%. And that's what some people think when they do an update in their home and they spend maybe, let's say they spend $20,000 on an update in a bathroom. They think they're going to get dollar for dollar that money back. And in general, you can expect to get 80 to 90% back. Which is so still huge. It, it really is. Plus, if you're doing it for yourself and you enjoy Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply what you have created and what you have, you know, updated, then, you know, that enjoyment has to account for something. But, you know, it's interesting when I'm pricing people's homes and they're like, well, I put $20,000 here and I did, I have a new roof. So that's another 15. And they just add up the actual costs of what it costs them. And think dollar for dollar, they're going to get it back, for right? They're going to get it back. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. So, I can yeah, tell bathroom- you in my, in my old house, um, gosh, it was built in the late 80s and it was a, a large master bathroom, but it was like this, um, one of those big tubs in the middle of the room and yep. when you turn the jets on like black stuff would come. it was so gross <laughs> and the floor tiles were even messed up and we lived like that for I can't even tell you how many years until we finally sure. decided okay it is time right to update this once we did it was like a game changer I felt different about even just getting up in the morning and going into the mm-hmm. bathroom I wasn't like oh this place is gross it was it was beautiful so if someone is thinking about making some updates to their bathroom where do they start where do you see people getting the, the most money back and what are the trends you're seeing right now right so what I would say is and the question that I get when it, in regards to primary bathrooms is can I get rid of the big tub I don't use it so I would say probably about I hate to put a statistic on it but I'm just gonna say about 70% of the people do not use a tub in I their primary it. bath yeah and so it becomes just a dust collector and like you said in in the 80s 90s 2000s when these big corner tubs that take up half of the space of the bathroom the question is can i remove that and make a larger shower would i get my money back and the answer is absolutely yes but with the caveat that you must have at least one bathtub mm-hmm. of some sort in the house again for families Usually little kids don't take showers, at least for the first few years of their life. So you want to make sure, and again, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, I would think that there's going to be a tub in like an extra bathroom. So the answer is yes, you can go ahead and get rid of that for, to make your, you know, a luxury bathroom, master bath, totally on trend, totally okay. 100%. The, um, the styles that we are seeing a lot of, and I'm not sure I'm on board with this trend though. They're taking out the big corner tubs that's attached and putting mm-hmm. in the, the, the tubs, the standalone tubs, the clawfoot ones, the clawfoot tubs. Yes. Again, to me, I personally don't think that that's a best use of space. <laughs> yeah. It's less space, right? But it's, I think yes. it's also to your point going to date a home Sure. And 10 years from now, they're going to be like, ah, yeah, that house, that, that house or that bathroom was updated yeah. in 2020, 2022. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it is hot and they have been hot for a while. So, you know, that'll continue to stay as something I think that we'll see again, colors in the bathrooms. We're seeing a lot of real natural earth tones, mm. um, adding maybe a little green and blue into the mix, which is awesome. I love the use of a little bit of color in the primary bathroom. But we are also seeing, and this is a big thing, function over fashion, meaning if you are doing an 
upgrade to the bathroom and you are going to do maybe a walk-in shower or a larger shower with very little lip, that mm. means that you can grow old in that home or you can, when you resell it, it's going to, it'll be accommodating to more people if you can get into a shower, a larger shower, a little bit more easily. So yes. a little bit of the design function as it pertains to accessibility or accessibility. <laughs> what are no-nos? What are things that people might consider with their bathrooms? I mean, you mentioned the bathtubs and that's a great one. What are some things that maybe used to be big that aren't anymore? Well, I still see some builders back in the 80s, 90s, and, and it would do because it was cheap, would put carpeting in a bathroom. If oh, you uh -huh. still yep, seen that. have carpeting in your bathroom, please, 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 please get rid of it. There's so many other flooring examples right now. You know, you have luxury vinyl tile. You have, um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of different types of flooring that is water resistant or waterproof that you want on that floor. We have pulled up or seen people pull up carpet in bathrooms outside of a shower mm -hmm. that is so moldy and gross Ugh. that, you know what, it is, it, yeah, it's a mess. So number one is always make sure to don't, please, please don't put carpet in the bathroom, but if yeah. you do... You just go ahead and it's time to get rid of that. That's something you really, really need to do. <laughs> yes. What about his and hers sinks, vanities, things like that? Yeah, that's a big deal. That I mean, you really want that. If you only have one sink, maybe you only have room for one sink. But if you have at least two, a double sink and his and hers, definitely the way to go. Some, um, even some primary bathrooms just don't have room for a second sink. But it is important. The other thing that we're seeing a lot of is the tile in showers and in bathrooms go all the way to the ceiling. They used to stop like at a, a little bit higher than eye level. Mm -hmm. And then they went higher and it creeped higher and creeped higher. So now tile goes all the way to the ceiling. Again, I think that's a real big help for moisture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have a good fan and ventilation system, that's also extremely important. So upgrading the fan in the bathroom is good for your whole house. Michelle, quickly, what if you're on a budget and you can't do all the tile or make a major, major change, but you want to do a couple of small things that you think will have a really good impact, maybe make it more sellable if you're interested in putting it on the market? Where do you say you focus then? Yeah, I think, honestly, your cabinets, if they're all beat up, you may consider painting cabinetry. Mm -hmm. If it's an old oak cabinet that is kind of beat up, you can certainly paint that. It'll give it a new life. Also, your poles and knobs, just like in the kitchen, a fairly easy swap out. So if you have really old, nasty, um, worn poles and handles on the cabinetry in your bathroom, you can certainly switch those out to something something new and it's not going to break the bank and the easiest thing you can do and the best thing that you can do is going to be paint always paint making sure that it's a nice neutral color maybe with just a little something but nothing too dramatic you know the the bright yellows and the bright oranges are just not going to cut it yeah light fixtures also are not going to break the bank so light fixtures are also one of those things that you may consider 
the Hollywood light up mirrors yeah. lights, <laughs> not not the builders grade. They were like yeah, standard. But you like those because you're from TV. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Michelle, as always, we appreciate your insights. For anyone who's looking to move to update to put your house on the market to just do some renovations, great insights. And if you're talking about the fact that you could get ninety percent, eighty to ninety percent of that investment back if you're focusing on the bathroom, might make a lot of sense. You're listening to Simply Money here on Fifty Five KRC. The Talk Station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovec. What's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to flying? So a new list is out. See if yours is on it. That's straight ahead. <laughs> At some point in your life, right, whether you're anticipating it, maybe or not, uh, a lot of people come across a windfall. Uh, often it's an inheritance. It could be, uh, you know, winning the lottery. There's, there's lots of ways that it can, it can even be like a lump sum distribution from work, right? A buyout, things like that. They come with a lot of emotions. And yeah. this is something that we have been helping clients deal with for years, uh, because you almost want to have a game plan in place for where this happens or, or we've seen people make some really bad, stupid decisions. With yes, their we money. have. Yes, we have. And actually, I'm working with a friend right now, just trying to answer questions and, and, you know, kind of define what they want to do with a, a total windfall. I mean, no idea that Ann, we'll just call her Gladys, uh, had millions of dollars. I, I, I mean, just a total surprise to this person. And the first thing I want to say, Amy, is there's no hurry for a good decision. People will come out of the woodwork, um, you know, besides investment advisors and brokers and whatever, um, family members. Sure. And a lot of people are going to say, you really need to jump on this right now. No, you don't. You can no, take I think, your time. I honestly time. think, yeah. You can take your time. I think that no decision at first is a great decision. Yes, that's a great you were, uh, You were uh, Amy Wagner yesterday without millions of dollars, and you're Amy Wagner today who suddenly has millions of dollars, right? Th yeah. That is a change in who you are. And before you figure out what that looks like for you, Take a breath, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and every, you're right. Everyone else is going to have advice about how you can help them, who you need to help, what you need to do first. Then I would say once you take a beat, right, take a breath, assemble your team. This is not your college roommate. This is not your <laughs> drinking buddies. This is not your BFF. This is What's a left? Quali <laughs> qualified <laughs> financial advisor, an attorney. Right. Uh, an accountant. Uh, these are the people who are very dispassionate about this. They're not looking for a handout of any money, but they're a team that can help you figure out, hey, you've got this money now. How can you make it make a lasting impact? Yeah. And make, make sure I, we'd love to use the word fiduciary, but make sure they're not yes. looking at a big fat commission and, as opposed to working in your best interest. So that that's important. Also, I, I, I think the first thing you want to ask yourself, and this is a question I've asked people. What is your relationship with money? What does money mean to you? I, I mean, is this your chance to buy everything in sight that you've always wanted? Um, well, I got news for you. You're going to still feel pretty empty after you own those things if that's what money is to you. Is money instead a tool? Are you looking to help people? Do you want to help out kids, grandkids, 
charities, whatever the case is, let's talk about what money is to you and how you would like to leave your legacy, how how best to use this money. And it may mean, yeah, buying a few things, but it may also mean, you know, Aunt Gladys, this was important to her. I know she would be happy if I did this with some of the money. Yeah, You know, um, I've seen it used for college education for grandkids, um, and, and we literally call it Aunt Gladys's college tuition fee. Yeah, you know, where where that's she would have loved knowing that the money was used for that purpose. So, you know, that's the first question you want to ask. What is my relationship with money? What do I want to leave as a legacy with this money? Yeah. Once you get past kind of what that relationship is, and I've seen research that shows your relationship with money solidifies about the time you're seven years old, right? <laughs> a lot of these things are very ingrained. You just never had to think about it before because you didn't have a windfall before. So after you figure out, okay, kind of how do I typically interact with money? Once you have it, what are your goals and your yeah. dreams, right? Yeah. And, and this is, and you mentioned the fiduciary, uh, this is the kind of conversation that you have with them, right? What are some things that you can do now to enjoy the money? And also, how are some ways that you can invest that money so that it's not just here and gone quickly? Unfortunately, the statistics of people who win the lottery are, oh my gosh, oh, within just ugly. a handful of years, regardless of how huge the windfall is, it's almost always gone. And there are yeah. horror story after horror story about that. Okay, so some concrete advice. First of all, put a plan together. Whether you use an advisor or not, have a plan in place and don't give any money to anybody, no matter how much they say they need it, especially family members, until you've got a plan in place. Just write it out. Set your goals, write it out, and and then decide, okay, what are the upfront costs of my goals and what's, what are the ongoing costs? What do you mean? Well, if, you, if your dream was to buy a big old house for yourself, you're going to have some pretty big, fat property tax bills coming up year after year after year. How are you going to fund that? Are you going to invest money and have the income pay for your property tax? Or is this going to come out of just savings and you're going to deplete that over time? These are important things to sit down and go over, especially if you're you're married, go over with your spouse so that you're both on the same page. Here's the all-worth advice. An inheritance or any kind of windfall, for that matter, can spawn a wide range of feelings. So before you make any financial decisions, make sure you tackle the emotional side of the coin first and get your team in place. They can help you make smart, long-term decisions with that money. Coming up next, the biggest pet peeves passengers have when flying. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. All right, Steve. You know, I think it's so funny uh, when it comes to traveling, people have their own kind of uh, systems in place, right? Things that you always do. Um, and I know for me, like anyone can talk to me that wants to. I, I love talking to people. Uh, people come up to me sometimes in the airport and talk about the show. I, I love once I'm in my seat. I have a plan. I'm going to read a book or right. it's Netflix or I need something. My space. Like, yeah. And I inevitably have the person sit down next to me who wants to talk for the entire <laughs> flight. That hands down is my biggest pet peeve. What's yours? Um, mine is is when there's a kid right behind me that kicks the back of my seat. <laughs> that just you, you're not going to yell at a kid and you sure don't want to you know holler at the parents. But it drives me absolutely crazy. And, yeah. and you know, I, I've been lucky because, you know, we visit kids and grandkids out in Phoenix, and that's a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour flight. And I hate even saying this. So far, so good. That That's almost like playing golf, hitting a great shot, and saying, 
I'm finally getting the hang of this game. You know it's going to go you know where in the next uh, on the next hit. Um, I know my next flight's going to be ugly because I said that. But I, I've been I've been uh, very very lucky that no big incidents. Not always the case. There have been a record number of complaints filed recently. Well, not only that, a survey was done by Vacationer website, right? 1,100 Americans who fly regularly over the age of 18 were asked just to pick from a list of things that they found irritating. Turns out, Steve, you are in good company here. Seat kickers uh, at the top of the list, 59%. Also, people who are drunk and disorderly. I will tell you a couple of years ago. uh, I'll apologize now for that, but please continue. (laughs) We were in the back of an airplane with a group of, and honestly, they they were moms my age who had obviously gotten away for a girls weekend <laughs> and, and and it was like a nine o'clock flight back from the beach you know i was half asleep and they get on and they are just giggles and things yeah. i actually thought it was quite amusing uh but i know a lot of people around us were not having it were not happy about it at all some other uh top pet peeves someone who smells right poor hygiene or too much cologne or perfume yeah. about half of people hate that Passengers who don't want to pay attention to their children. I will never hate on someone whose kid is acting up uh, when they're flying because I've been there and done that too, right? I mean, you pack every snack, every toy, every electronic device you possibly can, and still inevitably there is a temper tantrum. So I, I, I never get upset about that. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you one, usually seat kickers are in the back, but I, I, was, I was reading about a flight, happened to be to Phoenix. Um, I This was not a flight I was on. But a woman was tired, and after a three- or four-hour flight, yeah, um, you may fold down the uh, the tray table and put your head on it and, you know, rest your eyes a little bit. The guy in front of her apparently didn't appreciate it and banged into the back of his seat so hard that the seat back hit her in the head. <gasps> I, I mean, she went to the bathroom because it, she thought she had a cut fr- from it. Oh, so my gosh. I, yeah, this is this is for real. And she filed an assault complaint and the police had to come and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just come on, people. Let's 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 be reasonable out there. We're all in this together. We We're all shoehorned that. together into yes. this tin can. Right. Yes. I mean, let's it's a, a little small class. space. Exactly. I think this is interesting too. another huge pet peeve. People who take their shoes off on a flight. Who does that? <laughs> I've never, ever seen that. I'm happy to report. And if you're sitting, yeah, but I don't me, cut my my toenails at least. Oh, all right. We're not even going there. Um, people who request too much attention from flight attendants, they're always asking them to come by their seats. Also, a major pet peeve. If these bother you, you're not alone. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.